Welcome to the 449th episode of the Jamie Delaney Plant-Based Wellness Podcast. My name is Jamie Delaney and I'm your host. I'm a plant-based cardiologist and endurance athlete living in Southwest Florida. Welcome and thanks for listening. The last time I did an episode a couple of weeks ago, I was getting ready to run the Dana Peak 100K trail race. Um, it's been, I can't tell you when, it's been 10 days that I haven't put up a podcast, but um, Michael and I flew to Austin uh, to run the race the next morning, and we got a call um, that my mother uh, had become ill suddenly that morning. Uh, the diva, if you know her from the diva, the dietitian, and the, uh, the doctor, the diva, and the dietitian cookbook, um, she had been doing well. She had golfed on Monday at 90 years of age. She did yoga on Wednesday and felt great. Thursday, she had a nice evening with a friend. And Friday morning, she didn't feel well. I got the call, and by the time I talked to her, my nurse came over. Um, she said she was fine and passed away. So that is what we have been dealing with, um, trying to recover from. And um, it's been a... it's it's been a shock, but she touched many, many lives in a very positive way. I've talked to her about her on the podcast. She was very much at peace. She lived life to the fullest. She never let anything get her down. So she was a force to be reckoned with. And um, as far as I'm concerned, she's in a, in a better place. Um, but we will truly miss her. Ironically, I had a podcast scheduled uh, with Greg Schnorr uh, who is a brain cancer survival and survivor, and some of the passages in his book could not have rung more true than what I'm experiencing now and how running has helped me with deal with um, difficult times such as this. So um, I hope you'll enjoy the interview with Greg Schnorr. Um, he's a great Florida trail ultra runner. We had a great conversation. And um, I'll put a link to his book on Facebook. You should all check it out. I'd like to welcome Greg Schnorr to the podcast today. I saw Greg's post on the Florida Ultra Running site on Facebook. If you haven't checked that site out, you're a runner. That's a good thing to check out. Um, probably a year ago, I didn't know there was such a thing as Florida Ultra Runners. Um, but uh, anyway, I saw your uh, saw your um, your reference to your book, Running Away from Cancer, and I uh, latched on real quick and read the book, and I thought it was a fabulous. Uh, book you put things about running into words uh, like that associate with life and it just um, was really really uh, hit hit me hit me good and interestingly um, I made I when I read a book I usually if I if I actually have the Kindle version but if I'm reading it I I mark a book up terribly you know and underline and everything I guess it's from medical school I, I like to read I learn more with my hand than I do with my brain I <laughs> Right. And I and I highlighted a bunch of things. And last week, um, my mother passed away. Um, she was 90, uh, but she was the diva of our practice. And 
you put some things down here and I'm going to read some of them if I can get through, or maybe I'll make you read them if I can't get through it. (laughs) But they're very apropos to life in general, you know, and it's a lot of things that um, I use running for, um, you know, and, and so I think, yeah, sure. It's great. We're going to talk about running and cancer, but it's, you know, running in life is really, it hits, it hits, it hits all the way. So before I let you just roll with it, you, you know, um, to my understanding, you know, life was good except for some sinus problems and you decided to have a CT scan of your sinuses and boom, there was a golf ball in your brain. That, that's correct. I, I was going in for my second sinus surgery. Um, I had one previously five years ago when I lived down in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, but then I moved back to Pensacola and had sinus issues start happening again. So the doctor had me set up to go and get my sinus surgery to clear things out. And uh, like I kind of mentioned in the book too. So, you know, I had just had a, a scan done to get prepped up and ready for my sinus surgery. And then the next morning, early in the morning, I got a call from the doctor. I didn't know it was him at first, but, you know, he said that they needed to cancel the procedure, you know, for the sinus surgery because they found an area on the scan was the size of a, um, a golf ball. So it was more important to take a look at that. And he said it could be something else, you know, some kind of glitch or something, but, you know, don't try to stay positive on it and stuff. So we did. And then we just went on, had to schedule an MRI just to get a better look at it. And sh- sure enough, it came back, uh, you know, the golf ball size tumor in my left temporal lobe of my, my brain. And it just went on and on thoughts. And, you know, you don't expect for something like that to happen. And you were and this 30, all happened. 30, what, how, how old? 30? Let's see. So it's been, it was, uh, let's see. So this would have been in, uh, let's see. So that would have been October 2010. So that I would have been, let's see, now I'm 46. So uh, I can't even do the math right now. <laughs> so to, I guess I, I would have been 13 years ago, I guess, 12, almost 13 years ago. So, so that would have been uh, 30. 33, 35, yeah, 33. Yeah, I can't, I can't do the math right now. In your 30s, not not what you expect to find in your 30s on a, for a sinus surgery. Right. Especially one month after, you know, our daughter was born. Uh, I mean, it's like a roller coaster. You, you know, we finally have our baby girl, you know, and then this happens. <laughs> you know, you find this out. And it's like, okay. But, uh, you know, you just got to stay positive in things. That's kind of how the whole book and story kind of pushes on and, I mean, I wasn't ready for this. You know, I never was never prepared for anything like this. Just like that happens to other people too. You never expect it, you know, when things happen. You just got to take it, address the situation, you know, deal with it and make the best of your life. And that's kind of what I, I wanted to do. Is that something that you have, is that, has that been something that you've dealt your whole life has been around or your family's been around or this was just, okay, I'm a new dad and we got to figure this out. Uh, it's pretty much, I'm a new dad. We have to figure this out. I mean, like I said, I had sinus surgery before. I mean, it's just basic sinus issues. You know, I have bad sinuses, 
completely unrelated to the tumor and everything, but in a way it's kind of been a blessing. I'm kind of glad that I had bad sinuses because that's how they found me before it started really, uh, you know, causing issues in my brain. So, so you underwent, um, chemo, then radiation, radiation, then chemo, which surgery first took the tumor out. Right. Surgery first. Uh, and then, you know, after the surgery, they did the biopsy of the tumor. So again, it was a golf ball size. And that's when they found out that uh, it was cancerous. And then after that, then we went through, uh, went through the whole game plan at Shan's Hospital down in Gainesville. And we had uh, six weeks of treatment there. And that included uh, being on chemo, radiation, and just tons of other little, you know, checks and blood work and everything else you can think of. I had like a whole whole bunch of medicine I was on. I think it was like 15 different pills a day I was on for a while. And, uh, you know, it was just a whole new adventure, you know, not, not a fun adventure, but, you know, I was in good hands at, you know, family and at Shan's hospital and everywhere else. So it made me, you know, made things a lot easier, especially I used to live in Gainesville like eight years, uh, or eight years before. So that helped a lot too. Cause one of my friends worked at the hospital too, and I got to see him and like, just, you know, just kind of how life works. You never know what's going to happen. And although all the negative and bad things are happening, all these uh, kind of positive things happen in life. Just, or maybe they're there, you just, people don't look for those. And that's, I, I just try to look for the most positive thing in life because I just feel like being negative, it's not going to do you any good. It's just going to make things uh, a little harder and, you know, even make it more stressed out and stuff. And so you're, you had an older son, and he was running cross-country. Uh, yeah, we had uh, the two older stepsons. They started – it wasn't even cross-country. This is an elementary school. They have the, like a, the after-school uh, running club, and they would like try to train and do their first 5K. And luckily, it was just a couple miles down the house, you know, down from the house. So – I started joining them, you know, try to get some distance in with them. Cause at that point I was never a runner, you know, uh, they would want to run in the neighborhood. So um, my wife would watch the little, our little two ones together. Um, I would take them out and walk with them on the street, let them you know run. And then I would try to join them. And I mentioned that, you know, I had problems where like, I could even make it down to like a mailbox, like four houses down without walking. I mean, it was, it was hard. I was never a runner before all this. And then, you know, thankfully through that, it kind of gave me the energy and stuff that being on uh, the chemo that was on after all the treatment and stuff. I mean, it, it just wore my body out, like no energy. I would be laying on the couch, uh, curled up, you know, my eyes would be closed, but I wasn't sleeping. I just had no energy. And because when I, I'd go out there with the, the older boys and walk around the neighborhood and try to run with them, it, it gave me energy, you know, I could start moving again. And, you know, before I knew it, it was, it was, I was more so living my life instead of just being curled up on the couch and it just, it was a whole new outlook and stuff. And just, I, it just really got to me and just, it was really like a, a real benefit through my life. It, it really helped me a lot. And if it wasn't for that, I mean, I have no idea how things would be right now. We wouldn't be having this conversation right now. It's just the little things that, you know, 
that small decision to go out there and like start helping them and just, you know, one foot in front of each other. It just, it really, really changed my life. Like ways I never expected. You say in the book, finishing my first 5k made me feel good. I felt alive and was filled with energy. Um, then you said each month while you're building up your miles, you would take off to run. When you had chemo, you would take that week off, but pretty soon you were actually running during the chemotherapy. And that, you know, will probably strike a lot of people as what you have chemotherapy and you're starting to be a runner. Those two don't necessarily go together. Yeah. So for a while I wasn't, I wouldn't do that. But after a while I started doing the runs with it and even, when I was like training for my first marathon, there there was times when my long run was on that week of the chemo. And again, the the chemo I was on is called Timidor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pill type. So, but even that, I mean, it was it would get to me, you know, because like I said, I would skip the, those weeks. But after a while, so many months, I started doing it, like just seeing how I felt. And really, I, I, I felt better. It did make me feel better. I would drain my energy out, like, you know, after those runs and just that whole week. And really, it wasn't that whole week. It's more like about the whole week and like two or three extra days after that week. I, I would be drained out. They were, you know, they were rough um, building up to them. But they, you know, it, it kept getting better. So I continued that on, uh, you know, during the the training program I was in for my first marathon. And finally, uh, when it came up to the month of my marathon, my, my oncologist, they, they let me skip that month just cause I was building up to the final one. And I was, I won't mention about that, that first marathon, if you've read the book, <laughs> but you know, but, uh, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's, uh, quite an undertaking to, you know, do a, you know, I'm going to build up, you know, from, of course we all get excited, you know, it's 5k, 10k, half marathon, marathon, you know, you just kind of get caught up in the excitement. Um, when right. I, when I ran my first marathon, um, the, my mother's words after I finished, what well, did you get that out of your system? <laughs> I, you know, and the only thing I was thinking is like, I think I might be able to go a little faster, <laughs> you know, <laughs> And, uh, for the next race to register for. Yeah, and as basically, yeah, it became yes. How, which one can we do it? And I had some friends that I were I was running with, and you know, it became you know almost our second job. You know, where it's like we're gonna you know we start doing the rock and roll series of marathons, and it just became well now where there's one here and there's one here and there's one here, and if you do this, <laughs> you get your bling. And you know, the joke was if somebody went to the bathroom, the other two were signing them up for a marathon. You know, while we were waiting. So. <laughs> Uh, it becomes, yep. becomes kind of, um, um, I don't know. You just feel good, right? You just, you just feel good. You know, you said it helped you not only physically, but it helped you mentally, uh, yes. with the stress of it all. Yes. It, it, it was definitely, you know, just not only going through the cancer and stuff, but obviously there's a lot more parts of it than just the physical side of things. Um, I mean, just, life has changed. I mean, when, when you go through and get diagnosed with something like that, it, everything's changed. It's not just, you know, your health side. I mean, how to deal with stuff with work, how to deal with stuff with family uh, stuff. Um, unfortunately through this time too, is when I, you know, 
Um, I had some, a lot of people in my family that happened to pass away. Um, it just, there's a lot of different things like that going on. I, I have a big family and, uh, one of the things is like my, my father and my godmother, they passed away on the same day from two different things. So I woke up with, you know, my, my godmother being, you know, passing away. And then before I went to bed, you know, later that night, my dad passed away. And these completely different things, it's just, you know, that's that's life. You don't know what is going to happen to it. So, you know, with that, and I had like uh, two siblings pass away and like just random things like this. But through all that, you know, I just, I don't know why it just had me go out there. Like whenever I had, you know, any kind of negative thoughts or issues going on, I could just go outside and it almost seems like it almost, it wouldn't wash it away, but, you know, it would just bring positivity, you know, positive things through my life. And, you know, like I mentioned too, that, you know, the whole social side of running too, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten with different friends and go on runs and just, uh, you know, a lot of times I call it trail talk, you know, when I'm referring to more on the streets, but I mean, you have all kinds of, you know, conversation. Everyone's going through their own situations and issues. And it's just funny how you can get on the, you know, the road, even if you go solo, you know, go run out nice weather outside, looking at, you know, nature at its finest and just getting, getting that energy in you and like, you know, trying to clear out all the negativity things in life. Yeah. It's, um, I think, you know, when you run with people, the conversations are converse. I don't know what it is, but you tend to have better conversations running than you ever would sitting on the couch talking to somebody. You <laughs> yes. know, it just, you know, I mean, it's all nothing. Nothing is off the table when you're running with somebody. And the longer you run, the more you talk about it, you know, and uh, um, yeah, it's, it's just it's just good. So you're running marathons. And when did the trail stuff come in? Uh, you know, I guess it just started off just while I was building up my distance. Um I think really how it first started, the first, as I was building up my distance, I went and I tried my first uh, half marathon. Just so happened the first marathon was a trail half marathon. I, I guess that's probably what got me into the trail stuff. And once I did that, it, it was, you know, it was a whole, whole different ball game. <laughs> it was, you know, it was much different than just running on the streets and stuff. So I just really liked that. And then uh, obviously I, I still, love running on the streets too but uh, as it built up you know once i did some marathons and uh i, I saw like a story uh, i think it was in the magazine or online and it mentioned about ultra marathons i was like ultra marathons what's that you know i, I was new to all this like i said i was never a runner before all this you know so all this is new to me i always thought the marathon was like the farthest distance people go and it was like crazy and then i found out you know People do all these other long distance, like hundred mile runs, and obviously now the hundreds are like two hundred mile runs these days. And but yeah, as I saw that, I was like, okay, well, I want to sign up for the fifty k. So I trained and did my first fifty k out, you know, trail run, and I just I loved it. I mean, it was like it's just a big thing about being out, you know, in nature and enjoying the trails and just the community. To, I mean, I I love street running i love trail running i love all the groups 
But to me, for something about the trail groups, there's something different to, to me for ultra marathons. Like, you know, I just, uh, I feel like it's more like a big family to me. <laughs> like, cause like, uh, you know, I've, I've been lucky where, you know, I've met people say at like a run in some state on the top of a mountain. And then a year later, I'll be on some other state running a trail somewhere and we'll cross paths. We're like, Oh, how you doing? <laughs> you know? It's just that's just how how the the trail stuff is. So, you know, I just right off the bat, you know, I just I just love the trail running, and it's more of an adventure to me than just like running fast on the street or something. And uh, you know, I'm not real fast or anything, so I just I just like the whole you know seeing wildlife out on the you know you know seeing creeks and you know a lot of the ones I've done like raining in the sand in the desert or you know through slot canyons just it's an adventure, you know, it's, it's stuff I want to see what I want to enjoy. And I always like to take pictures of when I do a lot of the trail runs and I'll put them up around my house too, different places. So it's just something about trail running. That I, I just, it really, I, I just really love it. Like many others do. Yeah. I think, I think I agree with you totally. When I first started, I I was into kind of running the big marathons, running with the herd. I kind of called it, you know, you line up with 20,000 people that you don't know, 20,000 of your new friends, you know, and you run. And um, we signed up. I'm originally from West Virginia and we signed up for the Hatfield and McCoy marathon. We got down there and there was probably only about 200 people and we ran through country roads and it started out at a little grocery store with a little tiny banner that said start, you know, <laughs> and, and it was so much fun. And when I, after I did that, it's like, Oh my goodness. Like it's so much nicer to be in a small group that you actually, you know, like right. you say, you can actually talk to people and it's more laid back. And then we, um, you know, did a, so again, the trail marathon or the trail, our, our first one was the Zion. Cause you were out there as well. We did Zion 50 K. Okay. I'm and, signed up for that this coming year. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, there's boulders. I mean, you're following white dots on these giant boulders that you climb up and we knew nothing, nothing about what we were getting into. I remember the first aid station. We, we were so happy to see people that we stopped. It was like a party at the first aid station. And then we kind of <laughs> laughed as it went by because it's like, we can't spend so much time at these aid stations. We're never going to finish, you know? It's like, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very, very uh, enjoyable. And of course, you know, we tried, I live um, about an hour, uh, hour and a half South of Tampa. So it's flat down here. And so we decided we would go find a trail down here and First, we we went and I don't know it was sometime in the summer, and we were running through six inches of water that we couldn't see the bottom of, and I just thought <laughs> I'm not from Florida. Oh, I told you I was from West Virginia. And I, I just this fear of snakes and alligators. You know what I mean? And I just thought, oh, yeah. I couldn't see the of the water, and I thought, oh man, there's stuff in here, or there's things looking at me that that I you know and I said, no, Florida's not the place. You know, I'm right. going where where I'm pretty sure there's not. You know, of course, the first. Then my my daughter lives in Texas, so we signed up for these uh, 50 miles. We did. I did Rocky Raccoon 50, but there's a one out Wait. there called Benzos, and it's like the most. There's like the most. You said Benz Brazos. You oh, Rocky. That? Yeah, Rocky. Rock yeah, Rocky Raccoon. I, I just did that uh, yeah. this year too. The hundred. I only did the 50 and I, I felt I face planted four times there. I realized that you should wear contacts that are equal, not not one distance, <laughs> but. Um, but again, alligators were everywhere. So, you know, you kind of get past all that. And then we, you know, again, we started finding, well, so I could, there's some trail races here in Florida. 
and yeah. start looking. And that's how we, I stumbled on the Florida ultra runners and, um, you know, ultimately, well, the, the problem is that we discovered this a little late in life, you know, so I am a mom, mom, not just, <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, and, and so we want to run a hundred miler and we fell in love with, um, Leadville, Colorado. Okay. And the marathon out there, the trail marathon. And then we did the 50 miler out there. And of course, you know, now you need to do the hundred miler right. and altitude is real when you're coming from Florida. And so we basically signed up for the long haul 100 to see if we can make the distance first. Right. And if we survive the distance, then, you know, we'll go for the, you know, uh, what comes after but that's, that's kind of how it all got started. And I started following the groups, you know, on online and everything. Um, but so you you went to a hundred miler, and so okay, so if you've done marathons, and most of the time when you sign up for a marathon, you assume you're going to finish. Uh, right. Most people do, people don't, but you know, most of the time people get through it somehow. But these hundred miler things, you know, that's when the word DNF did not finish starts to to be you know a common word and it's you know there's a certain amount of people you know so nobody is free from the possibility of a do not finish when it comes to 100 milers whether you're an elite athlete or run-of-the-mill kind of person because of the distance anything can happen that's correct uh, you know so you sign up for your 100 miler did you think that or you just thought i can muddle through it or just i hadn't I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I knew it was going to be tough. It was going to be hard. But when I first started, I didn't know anybody that, you know, had done one or anything. I mean, a lot of the runners, friends I had, you know, they, were, they did marathons. And even back then, they hadn't done many marathons. And really, I didn't have that many, you know, that would do crazy stuff like that because I just got into running. So, I mean, I had, like I said, I just started like one year after my treatment and stuff when I started running to the mailbox. So this was all new to me. So, so you take off. So, I mean, you, you did 50 K. Did you do, did you do in a 50 miler? Did you do a hundred K first or no? You must I, yeah, I, I did 50 K. I, I did 50 miler at Lake Martin in Alabama. And then I did the, um, I did a several hundred Ks actually. I did one of my own, like a solo one for my birthday. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was actually, that was like 66 miles, just running from uh, the local running store here in Pensacola. They also had a store in uh, Fairhope, Alabama. So I decided to do that for my birthday because I, I like to do stupid things for my birthday. <laughs> you know. So I, that was my, I think my second 100K, I think it was. Um, it was either my first or second. I forgot which one came first. But so I did, so I did 50 milers and hundred Ks. And then after that, that's when I, I was ready to go and do my first hundred miler, which didn't happen. <laughs> so I, you got on the first hundred miler, you got the wheels fell off about when? Uh, it's about mile 50 or so building up. To, uh, I started getting really cold, like probably mile 45 or so and just you know you know how like in marathon people a lot of people say you hit the wall at like mile 18 or 20 whatever i I think that's what really happened i was running i got really cold i didn't know how to pack my stuff good again this was all solo 
Um, right. I had never, never been crewed for anything until this past year. It was the first time I ever had a crew. Uh, it was just my brother because uh, from Texas, but I did Rocky Raccoon actually. But so he, uh, you know, I just got real cold and this has actually happened twice to where I got really cold and I went to the aid station and I sat down by the fire. And after that, I just, I did not want to get back up. <laughs> so it was, it's more the mental side of stuff. Um, I, overall, I was fit enough. I, I, I feel like I would have been good for it, but I just, the mental side of it, I wasn't there. You know, I felt that nice heat. I just, you know, I was thinking about, okay, do I really run through this the rest of the night? You know, and I, again, I wasn't prepped up for it mentally. And then the second time, uh, let's see, the second time, same thing. That one was at Kenhody up in Alabama. And then, uh, then the third time, was at Lake Martin, but that one was different because I, I, I did something to my, my knee area and I, I had to like limp for a, a long ways. And it, it probably happened about mile 30, 30 something to where even if I had to like go over like a fallen tree, I had to use like both hands to lift my, at that point, I, I wanted to at least try to make it to the 50 miler, but I knew I wasn't going to finish it because I, I had to use two hands to like lift my knee over trees. Like, it, I mean, it was, I was in a lot of pain, but I don't know why I really probably should have just dropped out by then anyway, but I just wanted to keep pushing. So I did that and that was my third. So I was 0 for 3 in 100 milers. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, did it ever cross your mind maybe? you know, maybe a hundred K is my race or you just now it's like, okay, you're, you're, you're in it now. You gotta, you gotta do it. No, it was, I mean, really after that time, you know, I kind of, you know, I was like, I, I definitely had some thoughts like that. So I would just keep running other distances and stuff, but it wasn't that I was going to rule it out. It was just, my time was good. You know, it just, it wasn't my time just then. Um, and then later on, build up a lot of mileage and, you know, just constantly doing runs and ultras with friends. We all decided uh, to go and do Kenhody, um 100 again. It was, this time it was a big group of us doing it. And upon doing that, it's like I learned from each one. You know, the first two was more mental. The third one was, uh, you know, my knee. And then this one was like a group run. I'm like, I had never missed a cutoff time before, but you know, it was more so just dropping out myself. But this time, like we had some friends that had some, some issues and we we're waiting for them at the you know, aid station. Um, and then we'd stay at the aid station. And then we had another friend get uh, cranked up really bad. Uh, and then after that, we'll split up the group and then, uh, it was my friend Matt and I, and then he started having some problems later on too. So it was just taking up a lot of time. And it got to the point where that cutoff time was getting closer and closer. Um, so finally, uh, Matt kept telling me to push, you know, to leave him and just go ahead or I'm going to miss the cutoff time, which me being stupid, like, I mean, I had never missed a cutoff time before. So I was like, oh, you know, I stayed with him for a couple of times, but after he said that a couple of times, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go. And then I took off, made it all the way up to Pinnacle. And I made it up like through the night, up well, most of the way through the night. I got up to like mile 75, and then I missed a cutoff time by less than five minutes. 
So, I mean, but we wasted so much time, probably at least hour and a half, it felt like, you know, just from waiting at aid stations or like walking, you know, and I'm not blaming my friends, you know, people, things happen to different people, you know, it's just, I know it was my fault because I never thought about missing the cutoff time, which I should have though, you know, so so again, it's a whole learning, you know, step, Uh, you know, run, run your own race, (laughs) you know, Um, and that's one thing about some of the hundreds, I mean, you can't sit there, I mean, it's great to be there with your friends, but, you know, you can't, waste your own time if you know you never know what's going to happen i mean obviously if they you know if you can stay with them in time but yeah but like just keep in mind your own time i guess so so i was 0 for 4 0 for 4 for 100 miles and i mentioned too it's like so i've always heard that you know only a small percentage of people in the world finish a marathon so then I was thinking, okay, well, how many people in the world, you know, attempt to finish a hundred miler? And then I'm thinking, well, okay, must be a small percentage. But then how many people will attempt their fifth hundred miler after <laughs> failing four times? <laughs> so that's just, you know, I don't know. I'm just, again, I feel like when they remove my tumor, uh, my brain tumor is my left temporal lobe. It's part of my memory and, Sometimes I feel like maybe it's, it's they remove part of my like my smart side of my brain <laughs> and like so like maybe maybe I shouldn't be making these decisions you know <laughs> maybe I just don't know better so but you know I just after that fourth time it was like in my mind I was like that's it <laughs> you know excuse me but I'm I'm getting my damn buckle <laughs> you know <laughs> so I, I signed up for Lake Martin. And I did great. And then, uh, yeah, I finally got my belt buckle. And that was, uh, again, that was four attempts. And then finally, that fifth time, I got it. You know, but each of the first two were the same issues, mental. But the other sides, they're all different reasons. So it's just like more like taking steps, learning, learning in my head. But, again, so since then, though, now now I've completed 900-mile runs and stuff. It's it's so, so much mental, like, learning. I think that's why I like kept doing the hundred milers is because I learned from them and it's kind of like, kind of like a self project. Like I kind of want to do it and like try different things at different parts of the race. And the, the one thing that made me go like fly through the Lake Martin one is like, it was so simple. It's like the second a negative thought comes in my mind, I, I would just tell it, Nope. Like, you know, like just forget it. <laughs> it I even mentioned that, like, throughout the night, I, I started laughing at myself because I'm like, it was so easy. Like, the second something was starting to creep up, I'm like, nope. And that was it. It's like, it's almost like, you know, the negative thought was like, okay. <laughs> you know? and like, but, uh, and that was it. And I was able to keep moving forward and, you know, having a smile throughout the whole hundred miles. <laughs> it was crazy. But, uh, but, and then, even that and doing even more for all these other issues and things that's went on past that, but still, but, uh, but something about the hundred miler, I just, you know, something special about them. <laughs> and so you have, you know, a little thing like a brain tumor and you become, you take up running during chemotherapy and, you know, you, you, you made a mention that, you know, you took, um, 
um, you know, you took Timidor, which is a pill for chemotherapy, and I'm in the medical field. And since I've changed my practice, I'm I'm on the side of the medical field that we do a lot of stupid things, and we can talk people into about anything. And it's not always, and we don't always tell people the whole truth. And maybe if you knew the whole truth, you wouldn't sign up for some of the bad things that we do to people. But nevertheless, it is, it's always portrayed that if you're going to take a pill, it's not as bad as those bags running into you. You know what I mean? And so that's a bit of a misnomer. That pill's potent stuff. You know, it's, it's a, you swat, you're swallowing dynamite. It's not being pumped into your veins, but you're, you're swallowing a lot of things that have negative side effects. And you know, radiation and the chemotherapy. And, you know, it's one thing to have the side effects right there, but you also are not really told about what can come along after those. So you're, you're busy saving your life, but then it comes around and you're running these marathon, you're running these marathons and you're running these ultra marathons and, you know, you're learning from these and you're, you know, you're making your trajectory up and everything is great. And then you get hit with a whole new set of side effects. That's you correct. To, you, you, you had to end up with an arrhythmia. Yeah, yeah, that was the heart issue, uh, you know, that, that started happening. Um, actually, it, that first triggered actually a year after I started running. That was before I even got into, like, the big the big marathons, really, and stuff. Um, but the, the main side effect from the radiation and the chemo stuff was a thing with my eyes. The shaky it, uh, Yes, the shaky eyes. That's I, I forgot the long name that the doctor uh, – the I forget what his title was. It's like a oncologist for the eye or something. But uh, I had to, to drive all the way to Jacksonville from Pensacola to, to see him. Um, but basically, I was training. Actually, I had signed up for the, uh, the uh, Lake Tahoe Ridge Run 100 miler, and I was, you know, I was training for it. Things were going good. I was going to the uh, lo- the local gym and running on the treadmill for elevation because live in Florida, we don't have mountains and elevation. <laughs> so um, I remember just up there, uh, maybe a couple miles or so, like running up. All of a sudden, I know where my, my eyes got real shaky and, uh, you know, just kind of freaked me out a little bit. But I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe it's because uh, I hadn't rested good. I've been, you know, not much sleep. Wasn't, you know, my nutrition probably wasn't good then. It just, just, not much sleep and stuff. So figured, okay, I'll, you know, I'll go rest, eat, make sure I sleep good. I'll go on my run the next morning. So I, I basically blew it off. I didn't think anything of it. Um, so I go wake up in the morning, go, go to start running from my house, you know, probably not even 20 seconds, 15 seconds. Once I started running, like really started, um, the shakiness started happening again in my eye. So it's basically whenever my head would bounce, kind of like um, it would like my eyes would get like real shaky. It's just it's weird. Um, if I'm driving or sitting down, it wasn't an issue. It's just like whenever my eye, I mean, my head would bounce pretty much um, and like certain things would trigger it. So I had to go and see the doctor specialist. I, I saw like uh, two or three different eye doctors and then the specialist. Um also went to a, an eye doctor down in Gainesville, Chance also, and uh, two of the doctors, they confirmed that it was a long-term side effect from the radiation I had because I had six weeks of radiation. Um, and again, I've got, I'd have to look up the name. I've got what it was called. But uh, one thing that would trigger it too would be 
if my, my head was like bouncing and like bright lights. Mm -hmm. Um, like I, I, I can remember like even it got to the point to where once I was able to start walking around the neighborhood, I'd have to wear hats and like cover the light. And I would have to like look down on the ground. I couldn't like see the sky. It would like kind of trigger the bouncing stuff. So basically my understanding was like my eyes weren't like in sync with like the movement. Mm-hmm. And it was real, it was crazy, but that happened and it went on for maybe, I remember maybe like three, four months or so, no, maybe not that long, uh, three, four weeks, I think it was. And it just slowly faded out. Um, I did go and see, uh, one of my, my friends, uh, she was a PT and she did some work on me stuff that kind of helped manage it. Um, just little things like walks and like, like twisting my head, like real quick and things, but, um, it just slowly faded away. So, you know, as it slowly faded away, I, I try to increase my distance. I start running again and then just keep going. And that's kind of how I, I kind of deal with life is just try to, if something happens, I just try to deal with it, you know, instead of just thinking it's the end of the world, I guess. I'm, you know, it, it, again, it's funny how things line up. Um, a friend of mine sent me a podcast and it's, and it's kind of funny. Um, the psychologist that was interviewed was from West Virginia, which I don't know if she knew that, you know, I mean, you know, it's cause I started listening to it. Um, you know, it, it has to, the topic was savoring, and basically savoring good times. And, and we, it's really easy to focus on the negative. And it's like, oh man, you know, but we have to kind of practice the positive. You know, that positive mental attitude is, is something that we don't necessarily, um, um, it, it's something that has to be learned a little bit. Um, like even the example was made if you give, a, you know, if, a, if you give a child a gift when they're little and the parent will say, say thank you. And or it'll say, what do you say? And they'll say, I like it. You know, it says thank you. That that gratitude has to be it's a learned trait. And the, the happiness, you know, that, you know, taking your time and seeing things is somewhat of a learned trait. Um, and, and that's kind of what you, you know, you describe a lot through your journey is that, you know, you had. A, and again, it's been shown over and over again, people with any kind of disease or any kind of ailment and a positive mental attitude, you know, they're much more likely to get through it. People that exercise are much more likely to get through a cancer, have a decreased risk of return of, of it returning. Um, and, but the people that can appreciate the, yeah, we got problems here, but, you know, we got this, you know, I mean, you're always, well, yeah. we got this, you know, and it's like, well, I didn't finish the first couple hundreds, but I, I learned from it. And it was, yeah. you know. And you're taking the good from things as opposed to, I was, this is not meant to be, you know, it's just not my race. I'm not a runner, you know, what was me. And, you know, I think that's so important, um, you know, for people to grasp on and to hear it from, from, from people that have experienced it and had to walk the walk. You know, it's one thing for a physician to say, you know, you ought to go out and run while you have in chemotherapy or you need to go run when you're, you know, you're short of breath or you feel tired or you're depressed and, and people don't see that. They just say, well, I'm feeling bad. I can't do something like that and make it worse. Right. Uh, but in reality, you, you are making it better and you're starting to see that just being outside, like you say, in fresh air and seeing things and uh, you meet positive people. Sure. And to, to me, it's all kind of comes down to me to like perfect example is my daughter. She was born one month before all this started. So when that happened, 
you know, I was always concerned and worried is like, okay, are my, is she going to even know who her dad was? Um, are my kids going to remember me, you know? So with that in my mind, I'm like, well, I got to make the best of life, you know, make memories, enjoy your life. Cause a lot of times to me, people don't think about, you know, certain things like setting goals in life, trying things they, they've always wanted to do, but they're always too busy or, you know, they think they can't do it. So in a weird way, the, the brain cancer has kind of been a blessing to me because it's kind of maybe changed my life and focus on things that's important, set goals, you know, push forward, no matter, no matter what, I was never a runner before all this, you know? So if something happens, like one thing we, we didn't quite mention it, but my first attempt at a marathon, I passed out like a quarter of a mile or so from the finish line. They took me by ambulance. So I could have stopped right then my first marathon, not finishing it. I could have stopped, you know, the race director called me. He was like, are you done? You know, cause he, he did the training programs. I was like, no. So now here it is. I've completed 97 marathons now in less than 10 years. It's all because of this. I mean, make the best out of life. You know, you don't know what's going to happen no matter what the negative stuff is. Just push forward, you know, make the best of it. I don't want to sit here and, and, Think about if, when something bad happens, I don't want to think about the negative because it's just wasting time. And it's wasting my life. You know, life isn't guaranteed. You don't know how much time you're going to have. So make the best out of it. Set your goals. You know, like there's so many things like I never thought I would have written a book, <laughs> you know, but hey, I did. You know, anyone can do what they want to. You know, it's just nothing, nothing is stopping you but yourself. So. I think that that's that's fabulous. So now I'm going to pick your brain, uh, the good sure. side, and uh, what's left? <laughs> yeah, and and I want to ask you, what have you learned about nutrition during your runs? Because that you know, I think that's the big curve that I've seen so far. You know, marathon, like you said, you can hit the wall about mile eighteen, and you might have to slow down a little bit, but your body catches up and you go on. Uh, even I noticed a fifty miler. You know, at mile thirty things start to change as far as your ability to tolerate certain foods and, and that, and so nutrition becomes and the further you go, the nutrition becomes key as far as if you're going to go through with it. Sure. Um, so what have you learned there? Uh, it, it's a variety of things. I mean, starting off, obviously to me, it, what would work would be finding out what, what, what works for you, find out what you can tolerate. Um, but you know, have a, a variety of things that you like. So that way, if you get tired of eating or drinking that same thing, you have your backups and stuff. But really what I've like, after doing all the hundreds now, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, you, you might end up eating something on the aid station that you've never had before, just because you're freezing or something. I mean, you never know what condition is going to happen. Um, but overall, Plan, you know, get get your own stuff. You know, if you want to go like the more stuff that people try to train a lot, you know, find your find the stuff that works for you. Maintain those, have those on the hand, have your crew have everything for you. Um, but also, if you're if you're doing it solo or whatever, sometimes like some of the best stuff I've had was things I never expected to, to have at an aid station, just because you know I was in a different state or you know like. When I did long haul this past year, it was like really cold. It's, it's, it's ironic 
it was ironic that that was one of the coldest runs. I think probably was the coldest um, hundred or any one I've ever done. It was in Tampa. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I ran up in Denver up like snow mountains and stuff, and it was nowhere as cold as as uh, Tampa was. <laughs> like, I remember the back of my my jacket when I finished. It had ice all in the back of my jacket. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I mean it. it each person's different, really, you know, and sometimes uh, I will say this. One thing I did learn, too. So um, I'm not going to say the race, but like uh, one of the races had like a, a food truck. Um, I mean, a lot of them do, but these days, but whatever at that food truck the night before, it affected a lot of the runners. <laughs> so, like, I mean, everyone, like, later on the run, the farther distance, like, everyone kept having a problem, like, stomach issues, had to go, you know. And so you might want to be careful of stuff you eat the night before, <laughs> you know. If it, definitely, you know, focus on stuff that you know that works for you. I guess that's the best thing I can say. Live, live, back to live and learn, right? Live and learn. And right, learn. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you never know. I mean, <laughs> Even with your own stuff, you might get tired of it. Uh, you know, something might switch in the middle of like you know, middle of the night. Like, I can't take this anymore. You know, I want something else, some other taste. Or, um, I mean, it, it's just it is what it is. You just have to deal with it, really. You know, find what works and, and get it done. There you go. All right. Well, like I said, your book was was very well written. Uh, it it reads uh, it reads easy. Um, there's a lot of wisdom packed in there, whether you're a runner, a cancer survivor, or, uh, just someone that, uh, that doesn't matter. It's, I think it's good for everybody, you know? Um, and it's certainly, it's certainly motivating. Um, so congratulations. Um, I, I can't wait to see you in person and, uh, the hundred miler, you can, uh, I'll say, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you this. So what do you know about the new course for long haul? Um, we actually went up a couple weeks ago and did one loop of it. Okay. And, um, it is, um, it's, it's nice. It's, it's all flat. Most of it is wide grass lanes, okay. like, um, maybe, it's it's wider than you know, say a Kubota or something. So maybe one and a half golf cart wide. A lot of it, um, and some of it is under canopy. Some of it's out. So we ran it okay. like at three o'clock in the afternoon, and it was hot. But it was you know a month or so ago. Okay. Um, and then there's some that's you know on a packed you know packed dirt trail that you run you know undercover a little bit. Um, there was a sloppy area that won't be sloppy, you know, in the wintertime because it doesn't rain, but it was, that wasn't even bad. Um, sure. it, there's a pavilion at the start um, that's enclosed that they get to use. And then there's a camping area, like about, you hit it about at four miles and it's seven miles. Um, that's going to be like the main, you know, a main place that you could have a crew. Okay. Um and they're real bathrooms out on the course, like, you know, like in a state park. So that's actually a, a plus. But, yeah, I, I thought it was nice. that And the grass is not like, you know, uh, lumpy stuff. It's actually, uh, you know, I never felt like I was going to twist an ankle or really had to okay. worry about it. So I was I was pleasantly surprised about that, you know. And I don't nice. think, you know, I, I've not run through the night yet. <laughs> okay. So, you know, but that's it doesn't seem, pardon me? 
that's just, that's the fun part. <laughs> yeah. So it, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an okay person from four in the morning forward and probably two eleven. but that 11 to four thing is going to be new, new ground. You know, that's, that's yeah. the time that, you know, but, um, but it's not, but it looks like, and it's, and it's in, I would say virtually impossible to get lost. Okay. You know, if, yeah, I'll probably be lost now that I said that, but it, it there's only really one place that, um, if you don't have your wits about you, you might run past it maybe, but I'm sure there'll be, it'll be marked. So I think it'll be nice. You know, I think it'll be real nice up there. Nice. I'm looking forward to it because my, I get M, my MRIs, my follow-ups is once a year. And last year, the reason I did long, or this year I did long haul because my appointment was like two days before long haul. So once again, it happens to be the same thing this year. However, I, I want to see if I can reschedule my appointment to be the days after the hundred miler. Cause I want to see what my brain looks like after running a hundred miler. <laughs> yeah, that may be. <laughs> be I just probably be pretty cloudy looking more than it already is, but uh, <laughs> just I'm just interested what that looks like, you know, after running that far. Well, good. Well, good. Um, again, I wish you all the luck in your future and with the book, and I look forward to meeting you in person. Thanks a whole lot for taking the time. Oh, uh, well, thank you for inviting me, and uh, looking forward to running with you at the hundred miler. Perfect. All right. See you soon. <laughs> All right. Take care. All right. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Greg as much as I did. You know, it's amazing how things come when you need them the most, so to speak. Uh, certainly his book was great timing for me. I also ran into a, another podcast that I'll, I'll link that uh, there was a, psychi- a psychologist talking about savoring, and it's a lot about what Greg talked about, too, without even knowing the terminology, but savoring the moment or finding um, things about a particular time or good things that you can um, kind of hang on to. Often we're very good at looking about what's wrong, but we forget about the little things that are right. And uh, if you can savor the moments, savor the good moments, it makes for some good memories. I'm going to end with the part of a poem that um, we shared for my mother's memorial. I wish you the sunshine of tomorrow. My life's been full. I savored much. Good friends, good times, and a loved one's touch. I hope you savor the moments and can live life as full as a diva did. Rest in peace, Mom.